what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Goldner, and over there in front of the Moda Center at night, unbelievably wearing a PDX sweatshirt, repping his hometown team. It is the one and only Ryan Whitley. What's up, man? What's up? It's been forever. You know, this whole podcasting when halfway across the world thing, it's a, it's a bit of a grind. It's a bit of a grind. It's a it's a slow grind, as Isaiah Thomas would say, uh, in <laughs> reference to him recovering from injury. And now I don't know what else that could possibly mean. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, you know, I'm a day ahead and three hours behind. So there's some logistics. Um, but we're here now. How are you doing? What's up? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It's weird to think about that it's been that long since we've talked. So, uh, by the way, you and uh, you and your lovely wife killed it last last recording that you guys did. So, uh, my you. first que- my first question: uh, What did you have to bribe her to hop on the podcast with you? No, no bribe. She was down to do it. It's I mean, it's cool because like I felt like. She isn't she she doesn't super follow the team, but I feel like she she knows basketball. She played basketball in college. She likes the Blazers. She watches sometimes when I watch. I'm like, you know what? Like a lot of this stuff is something that like that my wife, that your wife, that like if your friends are not like you know, weirdos like us who get together and like report, record podcasts about it could like just talk and have fun. And so, yeah, no bribe. I will say she was like, you heard it in her voice. She was sick. Like she yep. was sick and working nights and tired. So yeah, props to Cassie, who is again working nights, but now no longer sick. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for being supportive of that. That was super fun. <laughs> Back when uh, I was doing the the Blazer Tag podcast, one of the things that I, it was like my ultimate goal because all three of us were married men you know uh, we would record over at Green's house so it took his wife like some acceptance to let us you know record our podcast but I always wanted to get just one episode of all of the wives just talking about how annoying it was being married to three (laughs) absolutely fanatical Blazer fans (laughs) and just like 45 minutes of them like in, in my wife's terms, it would be like she's complaining about my loud clapping. Like when anything good happens, I'm I'm the loud clapper. I will jump up off the couch. I'm like, yes. And she's like, we have fucking neighbors, damn it. And just <laughs> but like get like just one episode of like all the wives talking about either their husband's fandom or us doing the podcast and how that impacted their lives. Was it I regret the fact that I was never able to make that happen, but I kudos to you. You, it's still, you, you could still, we, I mean, we could do a, a lesser version of it because there's fewer people. So it's not, the dream is not totally dead. Like it's not dead. It's not, it's, it's not, not totally dead. dead. Uh, well, all right. So I was going to try to do like a really slick kind of transition. Like, you know, it is dead, but like, I can't, no, I have no. no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm just going to go straight down my notes here. And it says intro, happy new year. Are you a resolutions person? If so, what's yours? So we're just going to go, we're just going to go straight with that. I will not read anything else after this. I will smoothly transition us, but happy new year. And Brandon, are you a new year's resolution person? I am. And I'm not, I feel like I'm the kind of person who is getting better about challenging myself to do different stuff like goals, you know, like I'm, I'm almost 40 and I'm like, goals can be good. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like working towards something can be good. So, uh, kind of my resolution, frankly, and this is like, you know, a half advertisement, uh, I launched my professional coaching business. And so my goal for this year was to like, try to take that as seriously as I've taken work. Cause I feel like, I mean, I don't know how you are. Like I will work really, really hard at my job for my employer. Um, and then I won't like, I won't work as hard on myself or, or not even close. Like, and I feel like, so my resolution was to work, you know, kind of as hard on my own stuff as I would for work. So all to say, uh, it doesn't really matter who you are, where you are in your career. If you're interested in being more powerful in what you do, go to brandongoldner.com, do a free intro session. It's 25 minutes. It's free. We'll wrap. Um, I'll cut it there because we didn't really talk about this, but it was just it was just to do that, honestly. It's like work on myself as much as I would work for my work. So we'll see. So far, so good. What about you? Resolution, big resolution guy? 
Well, for one, I, I, I said it off air. I'll say it on air. Uh, I am super proud of you, buddy, for, because for as vocal over the years as you have been on Twitter, we do this podcast. You you've done enough <laughs> NBA, NBA blogging and throwing your voice out there. But at the same point in time, I know you well enough to know that it takes a lot for you to, to reach out and to put yourself out there. So for, for, to, for you to, to do that, I am super proud of you. I wish you nothing but the best. I, I just, absolutely fantastic you know uh getting that email reading it through i i could read the the passion just coming off the page just in that little bit of an email of of what you're putting behind it so i'm i'm super proud of you for that thank you am i a resolution guy no uh i am a (laughs) that that was easy (laughs) wasn't it yeah no i i am very much a if like kudos to everybody who wants to make a new year's resolution, but I kind of always have viewed it as a scapegoat. Like, because it, if you set out a goal and you're not trending towards it within like the first week as a resolution, you tend to give up on it. And I am very much a continuous improvement whenever you can prove where, wherever you can improve. So you shouldn't need the, the crutch of it's a new year. I'm going to build a new me in order to, be a new you and build a new you. If you want to do it, so do it whenever there's no difference between it being January 1st and it being July 26th. I'm not going to let you get away with this though, to your point. Cause I, I, I know you well enough to know too, that like you definitely are like you are someone who works on themselves. So it's not a resolution, but what, what do you, what are you working on? If you're willing to share, uh, and, and you know, maybe it's private me. You don't want to share, but like you're a continuous improvement person. So what is it? What's on your mind to like, what's, what's the Ryan 86.0 looking like that's different from 85.0. Uh, if, if you want to go for uh, some brass tax life goals, uh, it will be buying a house by April. That is, uh, that nice. is, uh, the, me, me and the wife's, uh, hardcore deadline that we are, that we are super hard working towards. Uh, if you want to go for a, a me personally kind of thing, uh, it is that I really do need to focus on, especially at this point in time at where I'm at in my job and my career in not losing focus. And mm. the only reason I say that is because like, so I'm in construction and, and now that I am, I'm up to foreman status and, and running multi-million dollar jobs, I do find myself kind of not, well, I shouldn't say focus losing motivation when I'm mm. on job sites for a year to a year and a half, when it starts getting down to like those, like when I'm new on a place and it's those first six months and it's just a push, push, push. It's really easy to keep focus, keep a goal, keep whatever. But especially in construction, you get down to like these last three, four months and you're on your final deadline push. There's just so much going on that you have to keep track of, that you have to accomplish, that it's kind of, it'll burn you out to a point to where you're like, I know the end goal is there. I can't see it. And I just kind of find myself retreating a little bit out of of that. I'm like, I'm just... I'm, I'm losing the motivation. Like this battle that I had last week about this issue up on this floor. I'm now I, that we solved, I'm now having it down, you know, three floors below this. Why am I going through this again? Ah, whatever, losing focus. My goal this year work-wise is to try to solve that and constantly stay engaged, constantly stay focused, push my way through and not have those lulls. Ryan, you know, it can help with strengthening motivation. Coaching. Coaching. Brandon. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, completely understandable. Yeah. You're not, you're not alone with that. That's a, that's a good one to work on. Um, all right. So where, I mean, what should the blazers resolution be? No, we're not going to do that. Why don't you take us no. to where, where we're going? Cause you did the hard work of putting that line. So, so it's been a while and it's, we've <laughs> missed a lot. And it's one of those things I threw out a random tweet earlier. I was like, Jesus, the, the worst power, part about podcasting with somebody who lives halfway across the world and, you know, schedules not lining up as frequently as they used to is that when we do finally get together to podcast, it's like, Oh, what are we going to talk about? Well, these 900 things happen. They all seem freaking important, but there's there like no lack of content. No, no. But the number one elephant in the room has to be that, you know, Dame, finally became the Blazers all-time leading scorer. 
sadly during a road trip on a free throw. Ugh. I was very upset that, about that. That one. was the part that pissed me off. I mean, both the road trip and then it was like, is it really? He was pressing and it was like, is it really going to happen on a free throw? And it's like, oh my God, this is so anticlimactic. Yeah. So, but it honestly team, felt like just like a fart. Like it wasn't, it wasn't exciting. I guess farts yeah, can be like exciting. I, oh, <laughs> When's the last time you had an exciting it, fart, Ryan? Uh, they went wrong and that's what made him exciting. So I, <laughs> I'm not going to own up to this. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, and that, and that was the thing is like, I would have, so for one, the, the team held a celebration after the Charlotte game on their first home game back from the road trip. I was there, I was in arena. Um, uh, Seth actually gave me and Ryan green tickets to that game. So we got to sit up with the the third bench group and, uh, and watch that and stay after the game for the celebration. But just the energy in the arena, for Dame's introduction on that first home game back. And then all during that celebration, which by the way, Lamar heard you fucking murdered that speech and that intro, but just the energy in there. I'm like, I wish that even if it was on a free throw, it could have been in Moda. Like the roof would have been yeah. blown off that building. But I think we were all, we were all hoping for that. Like, and this sounds a little like, I don't think Dame would ever do this. Cause he's just not that guy. Look, he's going to need rest. Throughout the season, he's going to need maintenance days. He's been playing heavy minutes lately. Like, would it have been so hard for them to just just hold him out a few more? Yeah, like, I, I and again, like he wouldn't allow that, and the team really needs him. Like, I but I am with you anyway. Yeah, yeah they, they I wish lost it would both those games. They lost both the games. Just saying. Just saying. I know. <laughs> but right. what, what that leads me because all all the way leading up to him breaking that record. And now as he's continuously setting that record with every point that he scores was the big debate, you know, and it even tied into that Clyde didn't make a video, whatever. If you want to talk about that, we can, but I don't care about I, that. I, he, he, he called him. That's all he needs to do. Like exactly. I actually, I, can, I, can I, I say something I about that really quick? Go ahead. Just a Dave Deckard of Blazers Edge. He wrote something about that that I appreciated. And I think the thesis of what he wrote was that Clyde and the Blazers don't have the best relationship. And it would be very no. awkward for the team to be like, hey, Clyde, you know how like we're not really connected at all? Well, we actually want you to make like a public appearance and say something now that your record is being surpassed. Like it's just, it's, it would be terribly awkward. So I like, on the one hand, I'm, I, I lament that Clyde and the Blazers are not more connected. I wish they were. It's like, it's an important part of the Blazers legacy as a franchise mm -hmm. that we as fans are missing. And, and and we don't get that today. And it sucks because it's not like Portland has a lot to draw from. We have the championship era. We have the early nineties and, and maybe the Dame era. And that's kind of all like the three, right? I mean, it's so, but I don't blame them one bit. So I, yeah, and, I don't blame them at all. It's kind of one of those things too, where it's like there, that's where a big disconnect is between the fan base and players and like the organization and players, because like, you know, I remember it when Mello first came on and he was going to wear seven and everyone's like, well, that's Brandon Roy's number. He can't wear number seven, but Brandon Roy has giving given three flying fucks about the franchise since he left and it, but like we, as fans, we hold these players to a certain status, certain importance. And, you know, in regards to Clyde, especially for our generation, because that's the guy that was the face of the team when we were getting in to this team and this sport. So well, it, I, 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 th I, I agree that fans have their space to be upset about it. But please allow yourself to understand that there is an irrationality behind it. Yeah. And I also think that what we're talking about, it made me think about what you have in the show notes here about like, well, I'll be honest. I don't know do what that you, acronym is. Oh, okay. I was hoping that's why I left it in there because it's <laughs> greatest. Oh, damn it. I misspelled it. That's why you yeah, don't know. You did. It okay. It was supposed to be G boat. Wasn't it? It was supposed to be G-Boat, not Greatest Gilbot. blazer of all time. Okay. There we go. So I think part of being the G-Boat <laughs> is like, that is, it's like the, the Blazers don't have anyone 
in their franchise, Blazers fans, who is like, they were the number one person. Uh, they carried the team to great heights <clears throat> and they give a shit about the franchise in the city. Bill Walton had a very public and, and very kind of fractured relationship um, with the Blazers because of how they handled his injury. And they've kind of mended, they've mended fences to some extent, but it's, you know, then you have Clyde. We just talked about him. You have someone like, like Brandon Roy, again, not super connected. LaMarcus Aldridge, not connected whatsoever. And so Damian uh, Lillard. Some, I, somebody that needs a, a lot more regard in that uh, face, uh, Terry Porter. Terry Porter, but I mean, you know, never was the Blazers best player, right? Like that's kind of, that's part of it where it's like, I do feel like to be the greatest Blazer of all time. I, I know we're not like, maybe we are talking specific criteria. I think one of them has to be, you were the best player of that team for some significant amount of time, whether it's like at least a couple of years, right? T Terry Porter was never that. And so Dame definitely, definitely checks that box in a major way, right? He's been the best player on this team for a long time. And also separately, he really gives a shit about the city and the franchise. That is something that we as fans have not had in the history of the franchise. Those two things being true. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's huge. What do you think about that? I don't know. No, I, I agree. And, and, uh, I've, I've said it many a time before of, but like my, my biggest level to judge something is your give a fucktitude. Uh, Dame gives mm. all the fucktitude about the city and this franchise and these things, these records, his legacy, his place. It means something to him. Clyde got to this place in his stats and you know his his spot in the league and and all that stuff through hard work but he didn't necessarily and granted this is see if i'm gonna time travel back this is six-year-old me's perspective if, if i'm living it live but you know he didn't necessarily care about the city per se, put it on his back and you can't blame right. him. He was, he was from Houston, went to college in the area, you know, then and eventually won his championship in the area. Like Dame, you know, in this era, he's from all over, you know, he's, he's born down in the Bay goes, you know, goes to Weber state. He's out in Utah, you know, comes to Portland. He's shipped around all over. He doesn't necessarily, he's put his, his, faith in his trust and his his loyalty to those who have put it to them the franchise has shown him immense loyalty so far he's shown it back i think loyalty speaks a lot to you being able to be the greatest of all time for your franchise um he's at the point now where you know yes he's crossed this point threshold but other records are going to start falling you know uh he's I think I want to say Minutes, below 400 games, below 400, the, yeah. below 400 assists, you know, coming up on, you know, he already holds, I believe the franchise record for three pointers made three point percentage. Granted, you can argue different game, but he's coming up on that. When he finishes out the current contract extension that he's on, he's going to be the number one player on everything, every single thing. Okay. So now for, now for you as a fan, if you want to care about the fact that, has he gotten to a finals? Has he won a championship? Does that, now, does that, on. is that the end all be all? Wag, I wag, say wag. That's up let's, to you. let's unpack that. I, I think, I think you took it right where I wanted to take it. So let's unpack it. Cause you've got, you just said he's got the stats with the franchise, right? So mm -hmm. check. He's the only player I would argue who has been the best player on a team and is connected with the city and the organization. And honestly, like, it seems like that is going to continue and it will continue after he retires as we stand now. That's what it seems like. And also just being a cultural icon to check. So now you're talking about the third piece. You're talking about success at the highest level. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I do want to turn this question on you that if those are the three things we're using is like, what, who's the G boat, right? Like it's, it's stats, it's connectivity to the fan base over an extended period of time. And then success at the highest level 
for you as a fan, how much does that matter to you? And is Jane, is Dane the G boat for me? If those are my three criteria, it, it does matter. And in that regard, Dame is not. And for me, Bill Walton is. Okay. So let's really quick. You said something. I do want to just touch on it. So you said, if those are the criteria, do you have different criteria? Do you have, what are your G boat criteria? Maybe I should just ask that. <laughs> also, but I love that I, acronym G boat is just, it's the best. I, I can't believe that I never heard it in the vernacular around all this talk leading up to it. And I'm very, very mad. Are you at myself the first, are we the first podcast to break this? We, we may be, and this may be, have to be, <laughs> this may now, this episode is titled the G boat episode. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I can make that happen with the episode title feeds. Yeah. I got, no, I'm on, I'm on it, <laughs> but, but no, it's, 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 it's success at the highest level. It's, it's a loyalty, which I do understand that there wasn't that much with Bill Walton, but he has come back to the franchise. He does acknowledge it, all that fun stuff. Um, and then it is performance and, and all that on the court for me, those, those are the three boxes you have to check. And right now, um, Bill Walton, you know, I mean, one of the, one of the, one of the all time things too, is like, if, if I ask you over any sport, who is the greatest player of all time on this team? Who's who, who, what's the first image you think of for me? It has always been Bill Walton ripping his Jersey off. And and if, if Dame can bring this team to a title, I think there will he whatever he has left in his career he has another shot left to impress us it, even if it's in uh, if it's in a title game especially that will be the image that will overtake it but until that right now if you were to ask me about this it's it's the bill walton ripping his jersey off and well, yeah i mean you just i mean if dame wins a title is that what you said like correct if Dame wins a title, this is not even a conversation. It will be Dame period. It's not going to be Correct. close. And the reason why, I mean, think about this, like how many, just, this is a pop quiz. How many games regular season do you think Bill Walton played for the Blazers? I think he played what he played three seasons and he averaged 51 games. So I'm going to say, let's just round this up. 162. Pretty good. 209 over four seasons. So that's, I'm not going to lie. I'm rather impressed that I was a stone's throw away from that. Just, just off the top of the head. I think that's really good. I, I think that's really good. And meanwhile, you know, Clyde for the Blazers played like 850 plus games and Dame right now is at 730. Right. So mm-hmm. the thing about Bill Walton, yes, like he reached the mountaintop. No one else has done that. He also was the only MVP that the Blazers have ever had. So that does matter a lot but he only played 200 games. And like, I, I think this is where, and I also think that we've already narrowed it down. There are three contenders for G boat. It's Walton. It's Drexler. It's Dame. No one else is in that conversation, right? It's not close. No, no. but I, the, the bill Walton thing is interesting. Cause he just was not here that long. And, and so I, I, I don't know who the G boat is right now, Ryan. That's my answer. <laughs> But I don't I think it's, I don't think it's Dame. I don't think you can be the G boat and have never won a Western Conference Finals. Even that, I, you've never even been to the finals. Like, I, not saying it's his fault. I, I mean, I, I I completely agree. And you know, it's it's speculative. You know, whoever wants to can blow us up. You know, you're allowed to have your own opinion. We're not going to shit on you if you want to come back at us and say that, you know, Dame is the greatest blazer of all time, because you can make a solid argument for why he is. But at the same point in time, the greatest of all time, as obviously seen between a LeBron, Kobe, and Michael Jordan debate that seems to never end is a speculative title. So it all lies in the eyes of the beholder. Well, and they and all have wh- multiple rings, right? So it's like, it, it kind of like, and that was the thing with LeBron earlier in his career is that he hadn't won anything yet. So like, 
and then he like, won things and the goalposts got pushed and they got pushed and they got pushed. Well, well, the the yeah. whole point, the whole point that I'm trying to make is that the greatest of all time debate for whatever you want to make it will forever be a, in the eyes of the beholder. Kind it's of subjective. Thing. Can I say one more thing though? Like no. you and I are both admitting that for no. us, even if Dame is the best statistical blazer of all time, even if Dame is the most connected culturally blazer of all time. And also like the most culturally connected as an NBA player with his own shoe, with somewhat of an international presence that winning at the highest level means so much that those other two things don't matter as much. And like, that is for me as a basketball fan, ultimately it is about winning at the highest level. And and again, like I, I would say, to me, Dame doesn't need to win a title, but he's got to get to the finals. He's, and he's, he's got to have a chance to do it. He's got to have at least a shot and and maybe even like goes to the finals and looks good doing it. Like it like does, doesn't wilt in the finals, right? Like doesn't shrink in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. But it sucks, man, because like, seriously, like he is, he is the greatest in those other two areas and statistically and culturally he is, but yep, I, I completely oh, agree. One more, one more on this and we'll move on. But like, and this is such a bullshit question. <laughs> oh God, your best. Do you think that Dame is going to get to the finals in a Blazers Jersey? Yes. Good. All right. I'll, I'll, I will take a hit of what you're smoking and I love it. No, it makes no, me feel better. No, no hesitation. Yes. What, you know, who's going to maybe help the Blazers get closer to a finals appearance. Your segues still need work too. I don't know. Like <laughs> your notes, you can see it as well as I can. So Gary Payne the second Gary, came back. He finally came back. His long-awaited debut for the Blazers. He came back in their home game against Pistons on Monday. You know, you look at the box box score. It's meh. But watching the game, I think it's seeing, better than that. Well, I mean, his, bo- his box score is comparable. Right I got to type over my microphone. This is awful. It's all right. I'm not looking down your shirt. It's fine. No. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean like his box score is respectable, but it, it's one of the things that's, that's funny about his return is that he's so heralded and his return was so anticipated. You would have thought it was like, is LeBron James finally returning to the Blazers? Like something like that, but you know, seven, seven points on three of four shooting one of one from deep with four assists, two rebounds and a steal in a mere 13 minutes after having rolled his ankle, uh, for half of that time, which did include that diving on the floor steal, and, you know, hit ahead, fast break, insane pass, no clue. I pulled it off. I mean, his, his line was mad because he played 13 minutes, but in his 13 minutes, he was highly effective. Mm-hmm. Like it, no. It, yeah. I, I completely agree. And, and the, the entire appeal of Gary Payton is that he's going to up the defense, you know, and it's one of those things where it ends up being a cascading effect. Like Jeremy Grant right now, it, he's, he's never been a solid uh, point of attack defender. He's, he's a great help guy. He's a great team defender. Uh, Josh Hart. He's, he's a decent point of attack defender, but he's, he's great for being a, a, a hip, a help defender and a team defender. Gary Payton, you can throw him out there. He is a, that is his bread and butter is being a point of attack. So if you can insert him into certain lineups in which it's taking the pressure off of, of Jeremy, it's taking the pressure off Josh and all these other things that opens up so much other stuff to allow defensive switches where these guys aren't necessarily, you know, Jeremy Grant should never be freaking guarding point guards. Like he does not have the lateral quickness for it, but with the lineups that the Billups has had and the players that are at his disposal, Jeremy Grant just happens to be the best defensive option to do it. That's not a knock on Grant. That's not a knock on Billups. You know, that, Right. There was no, there was nobody healthy enough to do it, but now Gary's there. I have two quick things. One is that zoom is telling us that we are running out of time. So we, (laughs) we got nine minutes minutes and 45 Uh, seconds left. The the second thing, is it a coincidence that the one game that Gary Payton, the second played that the Blazers won 
by their largest margin of victory of the entire season. Coincidence? I mean, probably, but, but, but I mean, the, Detroit's the Pistons suck. So still, I mean, we're talking like 30 plus games. Like I, I, yes, it is a coincidence. I'm that's trolling, but also is it really like, I don't know. Like, I mean, so what do you, I mean, what do you see him? What, what role do you see him playing on this team moving forward? This will touch on something that, that we'll talk about in a little bit after we, uh, you know, take a quick break in nine minutes and three seconds. <laughs> but, oh, we're gonna, uh, oh, we could just stitch it together. You're right. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I know a guy who's good at editing these things. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I don't know how Jesus does his editing. No, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But no, uh, I mean, like long-term goal that for that I see him, it makes Josh Hart expendable. Yeah. Uh, and if you especially look at the stat line that he put up in his first game, and I know like going, oh, hey, well, this is what he did in one game. But the kind of things that Gary Payton is good at is also the same kind of things that Josh Hart is good at. And if Josh Hart is a better defender and makes more sense defensively with that first unit, that makes Josh Hart good trade bait. And it makes, jo- makes him mean, expendable. Josh Hart is a better like can handle the ball better like i don't know if i'm trusting gary gary payton to like run a break for example but like but if gary payton's in the starting lineup creation and ball handling is not something that he's going to be tasked with because you already have damian hot take absolutely uh he doesn't make heart expendable gary payton makes anthony simons expendable well, guys, I'm glad you joined the last episode of We Like the Blazers. It's been a fun ride. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you if you were looking at the construction of this team, uh, Dame, first option, great. Jeremy Grant, good second and a half option. Like, if you had Gary Payton taking, pardon me, taking 25 minutes a game, you know, he's a, he is he a guard? Is he something else? Is he like a six foot three positionless NBA player? Yeah, he is, but whatever he's guard sized. Then yeah. Like what could you get back in return for Anthony Simons? Who is young, who is not on a max contract, who has room to grow, has shown that he's better as a, you know, first option, not playing to someone like Damian Lillard. And like, I could see another team convincing themselves that, Oh, you know, we're, we're willing to take a chance. Like a team like Orlando who has 70,000 bigs and like no guards, are you telling me that like the Blazers in Orlando wouldn't want to dance a little bit? It's not like Anthony Simons is so far outside of Paulo Banchero's timeline. Like it's like, he's still what 23 Simons mm-hmm. is. So like, that's, what I, I, I don't know. Like that's it's, it's a Cronin has his work cut out for him. And I know that like the next topic is trade season and yes, Cronin has said, you gotta be patient. Like this is not the, the, the iteration of the team that's going to be contending, but I don't know. I think Gary Payton makes Simons expendable. That's my hot take. I'm going to need some time to unpack that. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to need some time to unpack that because keep Simons at all costs. I mean, they're two totally different players, to be fair. But in regards to the Gary Payton coming back thing, I think we should take a quick break and then come back and talk about was was all the, the freak out about how long his return was taking. Was it warranted? So... We'll okay. take a break. We'll, we'll come back and we'll talk. Let's do it. And we're back. Uh, this is great, Ryan. We have some breaking news. This is per Sham Sharania. Portland Trailblazers sensational rookie Shaden Sharp has committed to participate in the NBA slam dunk contest at All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City, sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. A tremendous athlete, comma, Sharp is averaging 7.9 points and 19.7 minutes per night. Gee, Ryan, who do you think the source was for the Shams tweet? Do you think it was Sharp's agent? Uh, Sharp's agent, Sharp, possibly Ant himself. I I, I love I love how it it has the word sensational and then a tremendous athlete. (laughs) Because Ant won last year, does he get an automatic berth if he wants? Can we get two Blazers in a dunk contest? 
they deserve it because they're only going to get one all-star, which is some bullshit. I know we're not going to talk about that today, but like Jeremy Grant should yeah, be first, like, first in the top 10 in fan voting, by the way, he's averaging like 1.1 rebound. I mean, more than that, but like, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that's what not jersey does about. he wear? Kevon Looney or? Yeah. I have no idea. You don't know who Kevon Looney plays for? Oh, oh, the Warriors. Uh, that's why. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. The <laughs> fan voting is bullshit. They, the Jordan Poole is in the fan voting. Kevon Looney, they have, whatever. Draymond Green, yeah. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. I think so, yeah. The five five Warriors in the top ten in fan voting for All-Stars so far. But that's cool. Shaden Sharp in the dunk contest. It's what we all wanted, right? Like, that's that's great. And I agree with you. It'd be dope if Anthony Simons were also in the slam dunk contest. Yeah. I hope that happens. All right. So to to pivot back into the the tail end of our Gary Payton talk. So like his return had been teased. Like I I think he may have made a faux pas in his media day where he's like, I hope to be there at, at the start of opening or of the opening of the season. And then everybody just took that as gospel. But like his his actual return from the team had been teased since about like Thanksgiving. And then delay the delays and all that caused a lot of friction amongst fans. Like there was the ongoing joke of like, oh, well, he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. So in two weeks, we'll find out it'll be another two weeks. How did you feel about the constant pushing back of the return date? And like, do you blame the organization or the player on, on this, like, was it mishandled at all? Or do you think that there was, this is just kind of a, there was a bit of a irrational fan backlash. I don't think it's irrational fan backlash. I do think teams are in a tough position reporting on this stuff because the honest truth is probably that he was going to be ready to go for the season then the honest truth is that probably he had some setbacks, right? Like whether it was pain, discomfort, whether it was something that was like medically detected. I think what the the, the problem that, that that put puts teams in a tough spot because they cannot really say the truth, which would be, hey, fans, he was going to be ready and he suffered a setback. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't have, it doesn't affect his long-term prognosis. That's what anyone gives a shit about, right? Like we don't actually like Mm -hmm. in reality, it doesn't really matter that he's missed a few months. It's that we're kind of thinking like, Oh, something else must be wrong, right? Like he must be really hurt. And I think if the team were, if they had been so bold as to just say, uh, yeah, he suffered some setbacks long-term seriously. Don't worry about it. Like medically it's fine, but Mm -hmm. yeah, he's going to be out for a while you wouldn't have had as much consternation. So I don't think it's irrational. I just think that reporting on injuries is just, it's tough. Like I, yeah, I, it's just tough. I don't blame fans though. Really? I mean, do you, I do. I kind of found myself. I kind of found myself a, a, a little bit disgusted with the discourse disgusted with the discourse yes listen karen we're basketball fans we're allowed to have emotions okay when when it got to the point of that his his injury status on on game day reports was like reconditioning to to game whatever whatever that that odd classification was return to performance preconditioning Competition preconditioning, which is a bizarre term. Yeah. Yes, it is. Like I, by the way, uh, side tangent, I really want to know if the league offers like a checkbox of excuses and that's somewhere (laughs) on it. Or if somebody within the org or if somebody within the organization had to come up with that on their own. (laughs) I I mean, I don't, doesn't mean it hasn't existed. I've never seen that before. But like, but it it got to a point where you could tell that this was a mental hurdle for Gary Payton. And this is his third abdominal surgery that he's had, which while yes, alarming, you can understand that if this is an injury that you've had before as a person that it's going to take a bit to trust your body. And while you may feel good for 90% of a full five on five run through drill, practice game, warm up, whatever, if you make one turn and you feel an awkward tension, 
is that going to make you apprehensive? And you're going to say, I'm still out. I, I, I don't right. trust it. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and can, so at that, at that point to me, it's, it's an athlete dictating his body and his career. And for there to be so much judgment about it against either the organization or him of like, why isn't he ready? Oh my God, we just sunk so much money into him. Like, and you know, we wasted this MLE. He's hard, he's hard capping us, but he's not back yet. Why isn't he back yet? Why isn't he back yet? Why can't he just get on the court? And all it is, is this athlete going, do I trust my body yet? And working over those mental hurdles. I'm not going to lie. That's the part that disgusted me. But that's it's not like, what was, we're, that's we're, not what was said though. What all that you're saying is is almost certainly true, but like that's not what was being said at the time. Like it well, was because the team can't that the team at a certain point did come out and say like if he very wants to late, play, very late, he can yeah, play. Billups said I, it like a couple days before. But like that, that's well, what I'm it, saying. Like, it was after it was after Shams had said that, or no, Chris Haynes. Sorry, it was after yeah. Chris Haynes said that like his debut is going to be, be this back, week. and then it kept. Yeah. And there but, was but, literally two games that week, and he missed the first one. We're like, Grady's coming back on the second one. He didn't come back on the second one. In all honesty, like I still feel as though that he was kind of publicly pressured to come back at the time that he did. We don't know that, but like, I guess the reason why I'm not disgusted at fans being, you know, again, like having some consternation about it is the way that you just put it out. If people were upset at that, I would agree with you. And I would also be disgusted because people do need to have the time to fully recover from injuries. And frankly, for example, Damian Lillard, had he taken his time with his first injury this year, maybe wouldn't have been injured again. Right. So it's like, and also Mm -hmm. like, I think that the proof of this is so, so the team was, maybe they felt like they couldn't be fully honest. It doesn't matter why, like they didn't use that language and, and therefore fans are, or, you know, they're wondering what the hell is going on here. The proof is in the pudding though. How did Gary Payton look to you? Ignore the box score when you were watching the game how did he look to you, his movement, his energy? It looked good. It looked, it looked, it looked, it looked better than good. It looked fucking great. Like he looks so, I mean, if that's the time he needed to get to that point and to move like that, uh, yes, take, then yes. Great. Like I wouldn't have wanted to see a more diminished version of Gary Payton. The other thing too, is for, for him specifically as a player, what he offers as a player is that very intense defensive energy. That's there's a reason why not everyone in the NBA plays defense like that. It's because it's fucking hard and it takes yeah. a lot of energy. Right. So it's like, well, for as much crap as we always give Dame and now Ant for, Hey, they're bad defenders. Well, yeah, because they're saving their energy for an offensive output. If you want them to be better defenders, their offense is going to take a nosedive. Like then I, the, I'm going to need to see a 70 tri- point game from Dame before I go ahead and excuse his bad the, defense. That's a topic for another day. The, We're not going to have time. Yeah. yeah. The, the too true, much score in the NBA, Ryan. Well, it's I'm, I'm absolutely baffled by what's going on, but at the same point in time, every, and this is my one caveat on this, every popular North American sports um, league, has always put an emphasis on offense because offense is exciting. Defense is not. It is. I think like, okay, fine. We're going to get into it slightly before we move on the last topic. The only caveat I would have is, and I'm not even sure how I feel about this. So I'm, I'm going to argue with myself about this point I'm about to make. It makes it harder. This is a safe space. This is this is private. We'll keep this between us. I'm going to try to coach myself, Ryan. Okay, (laughs) Uh, I'm going to try to explore options, develop discrepancies, build motivation. That it's harder to compare generations or even within years when stuff like when, when you have Luca going for 60 point triple doubles, you have people like Donovan Mitchell question mark going for 71, that team scoring is historically incredibly high. It does like it maybe makes for a better product. It's also, it's like, 
they're just it's you you get stat inflation that's what it is right mm-hmm. like like a 40 is the new 30 points well there's some truth to that and that like i don't know like how far away from the historical kind of norm I want basketball as a sport to go like, again, I'm not sure how I feel about this, honestly, but like my gut instinct is like, I don't want it to deviate too far. I don't want to be, look, I don't want to be sitting here with you talking about how Dame went for 85 points in a 223 to 218 victory over the Mavs. I don't really want to talk about that. I just, I think that's like, it's just, that's not, is that even basketball anymore? I don't know. Like, so, but anyway, yeah, it's weird. Um, okay. What do we got? Well, we talked about Gary I mean, Payton unless you got any, anything else on that. I was going to say it just like in, in the relation to the game. I mean, you go back to, you know, just beginning of the two thousands, Allen Iverson, his scoring title, it was 31.1 points. He stole that by a, I want to, uh, quick mental math. Uh, he won that by about three points per game. You look at it now. Like a 10% uh, difference. Yeah. Joel Embiid won it last year with 30.6 points, but uh, he won that by barely a point. So Wait. you're, you're having the top 10 uh, in, in uh, points per game in their in the scoring leaders, you know, uh, win it by a much tighter margin. Now you're, you're having a lot more scoring outbursts. The number ones on all these teams are getting these top tier scores as opposed to one guy previously, just absolutely running away with it. Like, I want to say like Kevin Durant's, I just closed out the window so I can't verify it, but you know, I want to say like Kevin Durant's first scoring title, he won that with like 31 points. And I want to say like second place had like 27 points per game. You're not seeing that kind of that swing in today's game. In fact, to your point, uh, there are 11 players averaging over 27 points a game. There are 17 players averaging over 25 points a game. Uh, that's that's a lot. And so anyway, over, I, the, over, hold on over over 27 points over the last 20 years would have won you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, eight, eight scoring titles. So 11 players would have been in the contest for eight scoring times. And that's the thing is like, again, it's inflated, right? So maybe a conversation we could dig into more another day. What is our last official topic for this pod? So it's uh, everybody's favorite because they will uh, bust open the NBA trade machine or whatever uh, trade aspect they want. And the NBA trade deadline is about five weeks away. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. This has been one of the quietest, uh, like we're five weeks away from the trade deadline. And I haven't heard Jack squat about anything dealing with the Blazers. I mean, there there hasn't been a lot of trade activity at all. There was a breaking trade today where Noah Vonley got traded from the Celtics to the Spurs who immediately waved him. And like, that's the trade news. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. You know, uh, I think as it stands right now, like the hot kind of names that are maybe apparently possibly on the market, you got OG Ananobi because Toronto's not that great. You have Miles Turner, but he's been on the trade market for, I want to say the last 27 years about, you know, give or take, you know, uh, the vibes in Phoenix aren't that great. So Deandre Ayton's name is still out there, you know, it's just kind of one of those weird things, especially with like how tight the standings are in the West. Like who's trending towards blowing it up. Like the jazz are still a good team. Are they going to, so are they going to, you know, is Danny Ainge going to be like, we can't have this and just have a fire sale. You know what's going they on. They kind of screwed their weapon Yama chances in the first 20 games. Didn't they? I don't know. Let's see what they can do. in like their last, like, 30 games like i mean they they may win one game the rest of the year if danny ainge has his way who knows so like you know where where's it going and so that i got kind of i got one what i got one because you you named some good ones og and deandre and miles turner would you be interested ryan in a lightly used john collins so the atlanta hawks right like there's some friction <laughs> between fucking weird free fall 
Well, there's some there's some friction between Trey Young and Nate McMillan, which I mean, whatever. Um, their their GM was like not fired, but was demoted <laughs> a couple weeks ago because he's still on contract. They got to pay the man, and <laughs> the Blazers figured out how to get out from under Olshay's contract because he was an asshole. So good job, Vulcan and Jody Allen for doing that. But like. I mean, John Collins is like, I mean, he was like a meaningful rotation player for a Hawks team that made the conference finals a couple of years ago. And you're right. Like he's not performing the same way that he had been, but he's 25 years old in that team. Talk about weird vibes. That team's got weird vibes. And also I don't think anyone likes playing with Trey young, which I don't blame them. Like anyway, so what would he you think about hair. John Collins? He's 25. He's six, nine. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know, like he, he provides somewhat of a defensive presence. He can, he's kind of like, not, he's not Jeremy Grant, but like, he can be like a, an effective third or fourth, fourth option for you on a good team. Like, I'm just not kinda, exactly sure what the Hawks would want. It would be the only problem there. Like, I mean, well, and, and that's the thing too. I mean, like the man carries like a $23 million cap hit. So it's, I mean, you, could you gotta you, make yeah, I know you got to make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. You got you got to make the numbers work, but at the same point in time, like I don't think it's a question anymore on if the Blazers are going to give Jeremy Grant a new contract. I'm no. going to assume that he's going to operate somewhere in that twenty three million dollar range, and then you got to start looking at your roster, and you you're going to have Dame at what thirty eight. Bernie Simons trade him again. I'd like to welcome everybody to the last episode of we like the blazers. <laughs> What'd you think of my jingle that I came up with? Uh, it I can mean, die in a fire. It, it, I'm just it, saying it was a, like, it was a beautiful si- voice, Simons but. has, he creates the room for you to do other stuff. That's all. Like you could do a multi-team trade. Like I'm not saying to trade Simons for John Collins. I'm just I'm saying aware. like you're talking about names. I just don't want to delve back into the, if only we can trade CJ. But that's, that's I mean, this, I, that's we don't have time. Like. That's where the Blazers are, man. I mean, they have two. I, I think there is a world in which Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons can win a championship and be on the same team. And I think there's a world in which Republicans can nominate a speaker of the house using fewer than 11 votes, but that's not the world that we live in. Ryan, has or he Kevin won, McCarthy's has going back tomorrow. Has he, Trying to make concessions his, to insane people in Congress. Sorry. I just, yeah. Are, are we at 11? I know where I know we're he 11. lost his 11th. So he hasn't officially lost the 12th. All right. All right. Great. I think, well, you know. I don't know. I just saw it on Reddit a second ago, but the, the point, the point he's, being, like, he's got, he, if he wants to be the goat of that party, he has to get up to 134 <laughs> losses historically. Just saying <laughs> Anyway, since the mid 1800s, which is never good precedent to be in the point, the point being like, yes, like it'd be great if, Sorry. it'd be great if Damon and could work together and maybe they can, but the same structural problems that had plagued the blazers for the entire Damian Lillard era are very similar to the structural problems that the Blazers have in the Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons era. That's all I'm saying. There's a big structural problem that I think they can address and that's use of Nurkic. Uh, Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know me. I I thought by your facial expression, I was actually going to get you to defend use of Nurkic on the Blazers. I'm just like, I, but I mean, yeah, Nurkic is a movable piece, but the Blazers don't really have any centers either. Most, like, I think, like, I think, I think he's their most attractive movable piece. And I think he's he though, the, he, does any other team look at how Yusuf Nurkic conducts himself? Be like, I want that guy on my team. I think no? you could, <laughs> I think you could convince the Suns to take Nurk and Hart. Oh yeah, let's change malcontent DeAndre Aiden for a older, lesser skilled malcontent in Yusuf Nurkic. You're gonna be so hyped to do that. We got Yusuf Nurkic by by taking on Denver's quote unquote malcontent. And Yusuf Nurkic is what he is. He is what he is, man. Like he's not ever gonna be consistent. And that's fine. He's that's what he is. He's a Yusuf Nurkic is an excellent backup center. Yusuf Nurkic would be a phenomenal backup center. 
for someone who has to play 20 games at a time when your starting center gets injured, Yusuf Nurkic would be fucking awesome for that. He's not a starting center. He's not that consistent. He ain't that guy. He's not that guy, pal. He's not that guy, pal. Put me in the time machine and go back four months and tell me that I'm the one that's saying we need to trade Nurk and you're just saying like, eh, nobody's going to want him. We yes, I mean, him. I don't like you trade him. Teams don't want him. That's the problem. Like, what, like I think there's wants- plenty of teams that do. He's still name a top one, 10 center. Name one team. I'm standing by the Phoenix Suns. We will trade you malcontents. I'm vetoing that choice because it. I don't see how that works. So name one other team. Yeah, that's what Let's I thought. That's, no, that's, no, no, yeah, I'm, that's right. I'm, Well, I'm just going to go down my trade list. If it's not the Suns, then it's the Toronto Raptors. They actually could use a center. So that's a, that's a, Correct. okay. I'll, I'll accept that answer. That's a good, that's a good answer. You know, I, I don't have OG on uh, exact contract status, uh, uh, readily available, but you know, if, if they're willing to do a, a Nurk and Keon Johnson and, you know, like a second rounder, not going to say no. Granted, then, yeah. then you banks, great. Then you, the Blazers, then you banks, that would be great. But granted, I don't think at, Toronto at does that point it, but time, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, it'd also be a little sketchy because at that point in time, then uh, Eubanks is your only le- quote unquote legit center on the team, but still. Then the, Bla- I mean, the Blazers start getting weird then, right? So you have Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, Gary Payton, the second OG Ananobi, who all are kind of, you know, they can play more than one position and get weird with it. Grant for uh, center a la Damon Green or Draymond, or Draymond Green. Don't the Blazers have one more center on roster who hasn't played yet? They signed him. He was Bobby, whoever the two way guy is. I honestly forgot his name, which is really bad. I'm I'm sorry. I I referenced him in a conversation the other day. I called him Bambi. And I was played for a reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm in. So here's, here's, here's what I think is happening though. League wide. Like there hasn't been a ton of movement. I do think that teams are, like as much as Adam Silver wants to say, don't you tank like teams want Victor Weminyana. He's a generational talent. And I think that teams are going to be pretty slow to like, are we really competing or are we not like, like it's weird because there are so many teams. There's such an incentive to tank that if you're a middling team, do you even want to try to tank? Cause there are so many other teams tanking and they're tanking harder that it's not worth it. So like, I think the trade market is actually screwed up because of next year's draft. That's my theory. I agree. I, I also think the other thing that's thrown a wrench in it is that especially out West, everything is so tight that everybody that believes they're in it are all buyers. And so you have very few sellers. Right. Like the yeah. sell, the the sellers in the West, you maybe got two teams. Other than that, everybody else is, you know, within a stone's throw of moving from 13th to fourth. And I mean, so there's is, so yeah, many, it's interesting. Isn't there's it? so yeah. many teams that are going to be attempting to make a go for it that it's, it's going to be weird to, to see how this operates. Like I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't be surprised to see an exodus exodus of talent from like the East to the West, because the West isn't going to deal with itself in its entirety. Well, I mean, we were sitting here earlier this year thinking, well, the Blazers have an opportunity because teams are going to be tanking and, you know, some teams are getting old or they're hurt and the Blazers can really sneak in. But to your point, there's such a large mushy middle that it's like, so you have like just a thousand, you know, 48 win teams. Right. And it's like, uh, it's hard to get any separation. So like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm this trade season will be interesting and it could be, I I have no sage insight. It could unstick at some point. I mean, Cronin's got his work cut out for him. I'm hopeful that he's willing to like, do something interesting. Uh, I'm seeing in the show notes, you have a question here that I'm going to poach it. If you don't mind. Well, I think you answered it. Which question do you think I'm looking at? The Dame one. I don't know if we did. Did did we answer it though? Like that, that was the question. Good, good call. The the question that Ryan put (laughs) in here is, is, and maybe you, the listeners, if you want to hit us up at, uh, uh, we like the blazers at gmail.com um, or like the blazers on Twitter, even though I'm on not on Twitter anymore, but Ryan is at the weedy Ryan. Um, we're not at the end of the episode. I'm just doing all that stuff. Is anybody going to drop your mastodon? Name- 
<laughs> I know. I tried it. I just can't. I, it's you know so what? hard honestly, to get in on it. I'll plug again that honestly, the Trailcasters Discord, that's where I'm at. It's not, it's, I mean, it's not as big there as Twitter. You key. It's not our podcast, but it's cool. There's people there who like the Blazers, and I know most of them, and it's fun, and I I like it there. So come join They're us. All at the great Trailcasters. people. I am just Keith bugs me constantly to join it. Is see, here's the thing. This will be the test. Is Mac is there? If Keith actually does listen to this, if uh, if Keith doesn't bug me for 30 days from this date, well, <laughs> tomorrow's posting date forward, I will join the Discord. If he says so you're never going to join, about- you're not joining. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Keith has occasionally listened. So if he, if he doesn't bug me for 30 straight days, I will join the discord. At any rate, the question that you have in here is, is anyone not named Dame untouchable? So the answer is no. I think it's pretty simple. Like everyone's on the, like it, it depends on the price, right? I would say that the person who's coming closest to untouchable to me, there are two for two slightly different reasons. One of them is Jeremy Grant. I mean, talk about someone who is just like more than the sum of their parts, like stats wise. Uh, He's not a glue guy. He's like a super, he's like a gorilla glue guy. Like he's Mm -hmm. a, he's a glue guy elevated. He's so, he helps the team in so many ways and you don't need to look at the box score. You can just watch the game. If he had played a couple more minutes in the last game against Minnesota, cause he got hurt and like took a while to come back. If he had played a couple more minutes, like Blazers probably win that game. Um, the other player who I think is close to untouchable for different reasons is Shaden Sharp. He's shown enough flashes already. 2023 dunk contest participant Shaden mm-hmm. Sharp. Thank you. Put some respect on his name. He's shown enough flashes already to me. It's like, you don't trade this guy. Not now not unless the package is just unbelievably overwhelming and no one's going to offer that to you. So you're not going to do it. So to me, the simple answer is no one else is untouchable. What about for you? For me, there are two other people that are untouchable and I've come up with a very creative nickname for them by melding their names together. And it is grant. Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons are on the untouchable list for me. You think Anthony Simons is untouchable? Yes. Make the case. The minute that this thing takes a tailspin into the side of the mountain, he's your new building block. Do not get rid of that. He's the guy that you would search for in the draft to now build around. My That's opinion? a good point. That's a good point. I, and, and in that case, then Dame would be off the untouchable list and you'd trade Dame before you trade that, Ant. If it, that, if, it came, if it came to that, that's what, that's what it would be. So you clarifying something for me is helpful because I disagree with your premise, right? Because like the premise, I think when you wrote the question with premises that you're building around Dame. So yeah, if you're not building mm-hmm. around Dame, things change, by the way, zoom, go fuck yourself. We have 10 minutes. Um, but <laughs> I paid, look, I paid for zoom for long enough and didn't really use it to the point where they like, owe me, I think, I think they owe me some free minutes, but whatever we're, we're wrapping up anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. When are, you put it that way, to, uh, MLS we're in bonus time. No, <laughs> I think, I think we're coming near the, the end. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. Do we want to do a quick, like the games coming up or the schedule coming up and you look forward? Or are we good on that? I think, I think we're good. Okay. I mean, they got a soft belly schedule, a home schedule. I mean, they're, they're, oh, like I think next, that's overblown, I wanna... Ryan. I've heard that a lot. I don't know if it's that soft. They're at home. A lot. I don't know how much that means. Like, well, they need fucking Winslow back. Like no other. They do. They do. The, the, I I'm, I'm look, here's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the blazers playing with a healthy justice Winslow, a healthy Gary Payton, the second, Jeremy Grant, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons. Yes, Yusuf Nurkic, you're in there too, buddy. Josh Hart, <laughs> I'm looking forward to... <laughs> oh, it's okay, Nurk. Oh, we love you. Like, whatever. I'm looking forward to watching this Blazers awkward. team fully healthy because I do think it can be interesting. I think they've even shown some flashes without Gary Payton that suggest there might be a ceiling there even without a trade. So I am looking forward to that. 
as am I, as am I. And, you know, that's all Joe Kernan asked for is that he wanted to see the tools that were in his uh, Swiss army knife that he assembled at the season to adjust from there. And, you know, Nas getting hurt, Winslow getting hurt, them both possibly being out until about the, you know, all-star break. That's kind of, it kind of sucks, especially now with Gary Payton coming back, you, you don't get to see what you're fully operating with, but, but Hey, so far, far, right? Like, correct. Correct. And so far Cronin, you know, regardless of what some people want to say, I don't think he's necessarily steered this team wrong. So we'll we'll see what he can do either. Wait, bonus non blazers question before we close. What do we got? Does Nikola Jokic deserve a third MVP in a row? No, this is Lucas. Luca will get MVP and most improved. I think the most improved they jaw fucked that up for everybody. I think that's such bullshit. I I'm sorry. Like most improved is not supposed to whatever. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us, you can always do that at we like the blazers at gmail.com at we like the blazers.com at like the blazers on Twitter. You can find Ryan at the witty Ryan or lurking outside of the Moda center in a mirror flipped image of the rip city sign. You can. Yeah. uh, Anyway, uh, and you can find me on the Trailcasters Discord because, you know, or you can email me uh, at benefit1970gmail.com. But that's weird. Anyways, until next time, we do appreciate you and we appreciate the Blazers. So thank you, Ryan. Uh, and go Blazers. Go Blazers. Go Blazers.